0: Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. All right, episode 10 of the Rising Champions podcast, powered by the Champion Mindset Group. I'm Kyle Bogey, of course, been along for the ride so far, and Dr. Jason Nowetski, who has been unbelievable uh, in getting us a bunch of different rising champions, various guests, and athletes in the area uh, that are going to be doing some amazing things here moving forward. And, uh, you know, Doc, I just, I'd like to start just because we really haven't had a chance to do this, especially on the pod, um, thanking you, you know, for for bringing me in. and. Kind of allowing me to to tap back into my roots. You know, this is where I started um, covering high school athletes. Uh, you know, and some college athletes. And you know, there's some people out there that say professional athletes they, they get lost. You know, they don't they don't maybe they are they don't follow professional athletes maybe like they do high school and college because high school and college they're just playing for themselves and they're playing for their teammates and their it. pride and their family. And I, I'm really glad that I started covering it at this level because I think it's so true. And some of the people that we've been able to talk to and and have on the pod so far, I think they exemplify that to the the nth degree. So um, it's been really exciting. You know, again, 10 episodes in here, you know, on the Rising Champions podcast.
1: I agree. And Kyle, it's been uh, a lot of fun for me too. I think, you know, the mission we had when we first started, you know, talking about the possibility of creating something like this uh, was really exciting because, as you said... Uh, You know, people talk a lot about professional athletes on the radio and things like that and in TV, but not a lot of high school and college athletes get a lot of play. And I think it's more fun to talk about them and the avenue that we're taking for the mental side of the sports that they play from a young athlete's point of view, I think has been tremendously interesting. I've been getting tons of great feedback uh, through social media, through my clients, just through word of mouth and people that I talk to and appreciate the opportunity to hear from these rising champions as they move their way up towards those hopefully future
0: professional ranks.
1: So it's, uh, it's been really cool from my point of view too.
0: Well, I wanna I wanna continue with that. We're gonna get into um, baseball here because, and I know it's that's nearest and dearest to you. Baseball is your sport. the um, yeah. Tigers obviously getting underway this weekend. Major League Baseball finally getting going here, even though it's only going to be a sixty-game schedule. We have a lot of thoughts on that uh, and a decision that the Tigers made that we're both, I think, a little bit you know frustrated by. So we'll get to that a little bit later on uh, in the podcast, but. Staying kind of on that subject and, and, and watching an athlete go from high school and really just starting to have success to then, oh, wow, scholarships, attention, you know, they're in the papers, you know, they're, they're on social media to then college where they got to almost restart and recharge. There's a lot of transformation that goes on, you know, with these athletes and their stages of success. And then kind of meeting their match and being on the same level and then seeing the ones that rise through that. I'd be curious to know how you've navigated, you know, that kind of growth from an athlete over the years, because I got to believe that it's, it's a lot easier maybe to reach someone when they're a little bit younger, but when they start to have success, it might get a little bit more difficult because they do have more voices potentially in their ears.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the big things that I talk about with my athletes as they go through that process is the importance of their inner circle. And it's not talked a lot about. um, And I've had a lot of conversations about this recently, in fact. uh, So I'm kind of glad you brought it up that athletes, as they get older, uh, there's a lot more pressure, obviously, you know, uh, the sports should still be fun, but there's a lot more things to think about. Uh, as they're getting older. So it's, you know, it used to be a lot of fun just to get the uniform and get the new hat and go to the ballpark, (laughs) chew gum and spit seeds. And then all of a sudden, you're thinking about making a team. Then you're worried about playing time. Then the pressures of being recruited, if you're serious about it. And I think that's exactly about the point where the inner circle starts to take shape. And athletes have to be really careful about navigating and a allowing certain people in their bubble, so to speak. Um, I've seen a lot of athletes recently make some pretty bad choices about the kind of people that they're hanging out with. Uh, They get in bad circles on social media. And then coaches are going to scratch them off their list of being recruited. So there's a lot of pressures with that, too, because... It's really important who you keep friends with because you're going to become the average of the people you hang out with the most. And when you get to that point where you're moving from recreational athlete to serious athlete to being recruited and playing in college and potentially being a professional, you got to be really smart about who you hang out with and also obviously what you put out there on social media.
0: Well, and I, the social media part is is absolutely massive because, you know, it's, it's everywhere. You know, no longer are... You know, you have a big play on a Friday night in a football game. No longer are you on a radio show on a Friday night, and then maybe in the local, you know, city paper the next day. No, no, no. you're. It's all over social media. You know, it's being tweeted out. It's being Instagram, Facebook. You're being congratulated or potentially admonished. You know, who knows? Depending yes. on what what ultimately happened, having those different mediums and it be this constant, you know, thing, good or bad. That that has to have changed athlete psyche and kind of the mentality for them, you know, over the years as well, just it it really doesn't stop. And and if you have one bad game, you know, that could be if there was a scout there, potentially, that could be what prevents you from getting a division one scholarship and a division two scholarship or whatever. I couldn't imagine dealing with that type of pressure. But that's what a lot of these, these rising champions and these athletes are dealing with week in week out.
1: They are. They certainly are, Kyle. I mean, they're dealing with so much attention, (laughs) uh, good and bad. I mean, when I played high school sports, man, it was like a thrill to get your name mentioned in the paper. Yeah, because it, no, it didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Now it's no big <laughs> deal. Uh, there's so many different outlets out there, you know, various uh, media outlets and blogs and, and different things where these kids are getting their names blasted all over the place. So in a way, they're getting a little bit immune to it, which I guess is good uh, if they're going to be uh, moving up the ranks, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, I just remember, like, couldn't wait to the next day to go find the newspaper and put 25 (laughs) cents in the box to grab the newspaper to see if maybe my name was or our team was mentioned uh, in the sports section of the local Royal Oak Tribune, uh, which, (laughs) does it even still exist? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm sure some people (laughs) out there remember Royal Oak Tribune. It was a great local paper that would talk talk a lot about uh, local sports. Uh, So, yeah, it was a blast.
0: You know, the, the funny thing for me is, well, it's, I guess it's not so funny, but, you know, back in my, my early days as a reporter, you know, I was really just mm-hmm. this, you know, 19, 20, 21 year old kid trying to figure out what I was doing in a multimedia capacity. And I was shooting games. I was writing, I was, you know, scouting, you know, loosely, I guess, to a, a reasonable degree. And I, I even found it funny, you know, in my state, like, who, who am I? You know, obviously I grew up playing sports. I grew up watching sports, being around sports and, I feel like I know what I'm looking at and I know what I'm watching. But for me, part of my job was to go to an AAU tournament or drive four hours to Cincinnati and cover a football game on a Friday night. And on that night, one of my jobs was to report on one player. Mm-hmm. Not the teams. Not a team, not the teams, not anything like that. It was, The result didn't matter at all. It was... You are going to go there and you are going to cover that individual player and you're going to interview him or her after the game. And I always found it awkward when, because you would go and make relationships and meet, you know, parents and coaches and, you know, their inner circle essentially. And if they don't really do much in the game from a statistical standpoint, I got to write about that and, and post that. And in a way, I was potentially hurting, you know, their ability to, to garner more attention and get more press and maybe get more scholarship offers out of it. When in reality, I could have caught the kid on a bad night. You know, it, maybe he wasn't, he was feeling a little under the weather. Maybe he had a lot of homework the night before and he, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Right. It, you never really know what the factors are. So early on, I just did it and, and I would report on it. And sometimes I felt bad and sometimes I got some flack. But over the years, I basically followed a principle, especially with basketball, it, uh, the rule of three where if you're going to go cover an athlete, okay, and somebody who's trying to get a college scholarship, I need to see them at least three times before I'm going to make any real judgments. Because again, who am I, you know, and and I don't want some, you know, 16, 17 year old kid to look on scout.com or Fox sports or rivals.com and feel bad because, you know, they only scored six points, but they were getting double teamed the whole game, but nobody's going to focus on that. And once I change that approach and kind of, gave a fuller evaluation, I felt much better about it. But the fact I even had to think about that and adjust my approach to it, I I think it speaks to how much emphasis and focus there is on these kids getting to that next level, creating a a name for themselves, and then having to continue to build that name and live up to the hype, essentially. It's just, I I marveled at it when I was this 21-year-old kid covering these 16 year old kids and the pressure
1: they had to deal with. Yeah. Well, I'd love the rule of three because, you know, kids do have bad nights, just like mm-hmm. pro athletes do have bad nights. So just I think just
0: like we could have a bad podcast
1: or I, yeah. I could write
0: a bad article. You know, it, it could was,
1: happen. You know, Probably yeah. hasn't, but it could happen.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I mean, that goes back to the amount of pressure that these kids are under to perform when the people are there to see them. You know, uh, that's a conversation I have a lot with my athletes as well is, you know, One of the things that can be a distraction or a mental trap, as we say, is who's watching the game. And I'll often ask my athletes, you know, is that something that you think about? And, of course, the answer is yes. We all think about that. I remember thinking about that when I was being recruited and scouted. And it was really difficult, extremely difficult. To block that out, especially in like in baseball, in my sport as a pitcher, every time you go in your delivery, the radar guns <laughs> go up. So, you know, you see this like rise and fall, the radar guns or or if you're a player, you see the stopwatches come out when you're about to you know hit or run and and the pregame. I mean, there's so many evaluators out there. And that's part of pressure, as we've talked about before, is, you know, you're doing something you care about. You don't know what's going to happen. And you're gonna be judged by that uncertain outcome that you care a lot about. That's a lot of pressure for these young minds to, to handle. And then the fact that there's someone like you out there that's gonna write an article about it, and who knows what you're gonna say in the paper or the blog or whatever the case may be. And so I think kids today are dealing with a lot more stresses and I think that's why it's so important that we talk to these kids and get their voices out there and maybe even a, let them use this podcast as a way to present themselves to, pretend, to, to potential colleges or professional teams to see what kind of character they really do have. So, uh, you know, we've come full circle on some of these conversations, but uh, I think there's a tremendous amount of stress that these kids are under that
0: I didn't go under, uh, certainly. No, no, no it, I was really, you know, me neither, obviously. And, and that was... I mean, that's just one of those things that I think is fascinating. We've had so many different great minds and obviously great athletes, but just a lot of mature, you know, young people, I think on the podcast. And that's, that says something because when I was 16, 17, I mean, you know, I, sure I took it seriously. I I don't think I ever worked as hard as a lot of these, uh, you know, athletes are, and I didn't have near the amount, you know, of pressure that would come with it. And I think it's a different type of pressure too. you know, like I had to cover AAU tournaments. Okay, so and those get a lot of flack. I think some of it is just, some of it a little bit unjust. There's different layers to it, but a lot of the AAU tournaments in in, you know leagues that are out there they have become showcases where it Mm. is these individuals are going to put themselves out there on a team, they're going to be the best player. These coaches are going to feed them the ball, you know, over and over and over and over and over again, because they need to put up their 30 because Rick Patino flew in from Las Vegas, you know, and, and he's got, he's going to be sitting courtside to watch him, you know, it, meanwhile, he's sitting next to coach K and then, oh, by the way, there's John Calipari, you know, sitting next, next to him. And inevitably AAU becomes more about the individual and trying to get a scholarship as opposed to being a teammate. Trying to win games, trying to have team success, and I don't know if you've come across, you know, any of this, but it's obviously very important from a cost standpoint, from a status standpoint, to be able to earn a scholarship to college, particularly, you know, an athletic scholarship. That's amazing, mm-hmm. you know. I, that's something I wish I could have attained, but it can't only be about that when you're out there with teammates and, and playing with some of your friends. I the balance to me is something I, I find incredibly difficult to navigate for these kids.
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I see this probably more in basketball, like you're saying, uh, than any other sport. And unfortunately what I see and you've seen it and read about in the papers and we, we don't have to mention names out there, but you know, kids that will switch schools, kids that will, uh, maybe be retained on purpose to be a little bit year older. I mean, think about the things that we're putting kids through psychologically, Um, you know, just to get that scholarship and the amount of money that it's invested just to get that potential scholarship. Certainly it does pay dividends uh, for some people, not all. But imagine being those kids that now you're going to be in a different grade or now you're going to go to a different school because we want you to play for this coach or you're going to get recruited better in this particular program. And then how about the coaches and the pressure on them? Uh, to put these kids in the right situations. And like you said, make sure plays a design to showcase their skills because like you say, a famous coach, uh, you know, flew in for the day and they want to see this kid play in person. They've seen him on film a number of times. They've had their, their bird dog scouts come out and watch these guys, but now they want to lay eyes on him and they want to meet and talk to this kid. So they want to make sure that he performs well. And then, you know, also another pressure on those coaches is maybe they're looking for a new job too. And, you know, if they do well and that coach happens to be in the stands, maybe they get a little love, too, and maybe get asked to become an assistant or recruiting coordinator and things like that. So I think the pressure goes all around full circle. Um, And I think we as parents and we as coaches, we just have to be really careful because we're dealing with young people. And it's a really important turning point in their life when they're in high school and they're going through a lot trying to figure out who they are. And unfortunately, we see a lot of bad stories you know, come out of this too. Kids get in trouble or their ego gets really big. You know, we had a young man in Detroit here who got in some trouble and it was in the news and had to bounce around to a couple of different colleges. And, you know, from what I hear, I don't know the young man, but from what I hear, he's a really good kid. But he just made some really bad decisions and probably because some people got in his ears, and got in his head, and he thought he was invincible and could do whatever the heck he wanted. And uh, it, it certainly, uh, it hurt his chances to play at a big time level.
0: I, I want to touch on something, uh, about that, but, a, real quick, a, a story, you know, kind of came to mind here as we were just talking about this, because, um, I, I, remember, and just speaking to pressure and speaking to, you know, maybe having a bad game or a bad half or a bad three quarters or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I, I, I was covering a game, this is probably 2013, maybe 2014, I drove down to Indiana I was at La Lumiere High School, private, you know, high school known for basketball, their basketball program. And I was there to see a couple of kids, but one kid in particular um, that I was supposed to check out from Canada. And no one had really had a chance to, to see him. And, you know, here he is in the States playing this, you know, uh, you know, high school prep academy. And I drive down to this really cool arena. It's basically like a bowl. It's a really cool little dome, you know, and it's, it's kind of down in the ground and the stands are surrounding the entire court. Really cool uh, atmosphere. Oh. And I watched the first quarter. Kid doesn't do anything. Second quarter. Don't really see, you know, I don't it, Maybe he's being passive. I'm not seeing a whole lot of skill. I'm not, he's missed, I think all seven of the shots that he's taken third quarter, kind of the same thing. And then I, and I text my boss. I actually, I actually texted him, uh, you know, at the end of the third quarter. And I said, I man, I don't know, you know, this was, this is tough. I, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, these, these coaches should really be, uh, evaluating him or putting him on this pedestal that they've been putting him on. And fourth quarter comes around and the kid makes a free and, and then the kid gets a steal and he goes down the other, you know, the other end and dunks it. And then of course the next possession, you know, he comes off a screen, hits a mid range, before you know it, he's got 18 points, all in the fourth quarter, and he led a comeback and forced overtime. They ultimately lost, but still, in that eight minutes—yeah, it's eight-minute quarters in high school. All of a sudden, you saw everything that you know everyone was talking about. When mm. for three quarters, I was like, ah, you know, I, I don't know. That kid was Jamal Murray, uh-huh. who just signed that you know very uh, large contract contract extension with the uh, the Denver Nuggets. So it, it just goes to show. Even if they are a future pro, you know, one of the better players in the entire NBA, they're going to have off nights, you know, things are yeah. going to go, you know, by the wayside, but it's really overcoming that, um, you know, and being able to get to the next level, Kentucky, and then of course being drafted and, and now he's with the Nuggets. But yeah. it, it, it really is amazing, you know, when you think about how these kids are evaluated and either accepted, you know, into that next level or, or not.
1: Yeah. And what you're speaking to also is the ability to be resilient, you know, in in all these situations, (laughs) not just dealing with pressure, but to be able to bounce back from three quarters of a bad game and be resilient. So uh, a lot of times that comes up, you know, in my practice working with these these rising athletes is how do you be resilient? You know, how do you learn and grow from every opportunity that you have? And, and often what we do, Kyle, is we evaluate games, and well, the questions I'll ask a lot are, you know, what did you do really well that day, and and why do you think that happened, and also what do you think you could have done better, and how are you going to fix it, and what that does is just keeps things objective, so they can learn to be more resilient in those situations. So some some guys have that naturally; they just they just bounce back, they just don't care, and and they just come back. But a lot of people uh, are thinkers. And they overthink these various situations. And we try to keep things objective and neutral, as we've discussed before to help them learn how to be resilient and bounce back.
0: Before we jump into this, uh, you know, this the little Tigers issue that, that we're gonna do here in a second, I, I, I'd be curious to know, and, and this is something I think that's dealt with a lot, especially at the high school level when, you know, kids are trying to get a scholarship or parents are potentially trying to get their, you know, their kids a scholarship and pushing them towards that. I think with all the athletes that we've talked to, you know, on the rising champions podcast. And again, this is episode 10. We appreciate you guys downloading, subscribing, sharing. Uh, it's been a fun ride so far, but I think all of the athletes that we've talked to absolutely love what they're doing, you know, and, and, and it wasn't a situation where, you know, parents were pushing too hard or, you know, they, they weren't really doing something, you know, that, that they love. No, I, you can feel it, I think, in all the interviews that we've done, but have there been, I guess, instances in which, you know, maybe you did feel, and this is maybe a part of the evaluation process, that, you know, the, the student athlete wasn't as eager or into it and wanting to improve and get better, maybe as their coach, as their parent, as, you know, their guardian, whatever it may be.
1: It, it does come up. I've been very fortunate that I haven't had too many serious issues, but we've had a lot of what we'll call family meetings <laughs> with some <laughs> of my clients. And uh, those can be intense. And sometimes they're sprung on me, like all of a sudden, I'm expecting just a client to walk in the door. And here comes mom and dad with him or her. And I'm like, okay. What's going on? And so I know something's happened or we have to have a big discussion that I wasn't ready for. But mm-hmm. thankfully, most of them will call or email or text earlier and say, hey, um, we need to have everybody in the office today. We need to air some grievances, so to speak, you know, <laughs> of, of the grievances and uh, and get things out there on the table. So, yeah, it does come up. Uh, I often hear from parents and it's kind of cliche. We're not that mom or dad. That, that, <laughs> that's pushing our kid and they don't realize every time they say that, that they probably are, unfortunately, not all of them. I, I don't want to be a wide stroke there, but sure.
0: Um, and there's just, nothing wrong with caring either. No, there I, I think yeah. there's,
1: it's important to be what we call a silent source of support,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and, and making sure that, you know, you get your kids to the game on time, you give them the resources they need, you give them the encouragement, you give them the constructive criticism and feedback, but Unfortunately, there are that there are those parents that are trying to live through their kids or push that scholarship and sometimes kids maybe don't want that. I've had lots of clients that will say in private with me that, you know, I like playing tennis or I like playing golf, but I don't want to do it as in college. I don't want to do it as a pro. Mm-hmm. I just like enjoy being with my friends and I like being on the team. I like representing my school. But when I go to college, I want to focus on some other things. I got other ideas and other plans. So it certainly comes up. It's a delicate conversation to have. Um, we have to reevaluate goals at that point. And I'm always a fan of, of doing that with them. And I always say that, look, I don't judge you. For your goals. My job is to help you accomplish your goals, whatever those might be. And so if your goal is just to make the varsity team in your high school and have fun playing your sport, that's great. Let's do that. Uh, but we got to make sure that your parents are on board with that because sometimes they have other ideas. And unfortunately, parents sometimes, not all again, get caught up in wanting to talk a lot about their kids and brag on them. And who doesn't want to brag on their kids? I of understand. course. And I want to yeah. brag on my kids too. But they start talking about, oh, he's talking to this coach, or he got an email from this university. And sometimes parents that don't know, don't realize that everybody got that email mm-hmm. or it was some camp that they want your kid to come and it's because you know they want you to spend money at their school. And certainly it's an opportunity to be evaluated, but a lot of times those camps are, uh, they have some private invites and then everybody else uh, that's coming to those camps. So we have to be really careful with those conversations.
0: All right. Well, baseball season is officially here. Tigers yes. underway this weekend. I, I gotta ask you this. Okay. Because this bothered me as soon as I saw it, uh, mm-hmm. tigers, you know, for me, number one pick Casey Mize, I think had a strong spring training carried that into this quote unquote summer training, you know, as they're getting ready for the 60 game season and the tigers have made the call to send him down to Toledo. They're going to wait to bring him up. And, Look on the outside looking in. Sure. It's, it's 10 days. They don't want to start his major league clock and they got to wait 10 days, literally 10 days before they ultimately end up bringing him up. So I think he will be up. I just get annoyed because you have a chance to really empower this young man, really put some confidence in him by having him on the opening day roster from the get go. Don't even question it. But if you're Casey Mize, okay. And you know, again, this is just hypothetical how are you dealing with the fact that you got sent down, you should be on the opening day roster and you got to stay focused enough to go out there and absolutely dominate, even though you should be in the major leagues. How do you work through that as a young kid?
1: Well, you have a choice. You're either going to say, I'm going to prove that I, I belong there and I'm going to go down wherever they, they have me pitch, whether it's Toledo or wherever they're sending these guys and just dominate and make them look silly and make it look like it was a bad decision and use that to your advantage. And what I call that, and a lot of performance coaches, we use this term, it's called the dark side. You got to go to some of those dark, mean, nasty places sometimes and pull up those opportunities where you've been slighted. Like we talked about before with Michael Jordan and use that to your advantage to motivate you. So if I'm Casey, I hope that I'm making the right decision there to just use this to my advantage and take it out on the hitters that I'm going to face and show my organization that I deserve to be up there. Now, the other choice you can make is focusing on the fact that he's not there <laughs> and getting distracted by that and, and, and saying something stupid in the media or something like that, and, and it's going to look really bad, and he's probably going to play really bad. So I hope he makes the right decision and uses this to his advantage instead of disadvantage. That's how yeah. I would coach him to, to, to utilize it.
0: I just hope it doesn't reflect poorly on the, the Tigers organization. I know you mentioned this before we even started recording that, you know, maybe this will deter people from, you know, coming and joining. Maybe it'll deter him from signing an extension potentially if he's to earn that down the line. I know he'll be up in 10 days, just a yeah. little bit bothersome. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, ho- I, I hope he it. dominates. It's a yeah. business
1: decision from yeah. the Vila's point of view. I understand that. And we have to remember that this is a short season. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, who knows if it's even going to last. And and do we want to waste his year? Uh, There's a lot of factors there. uh, So I certainly can understand it from different points of view. But to your point, like you, you told me before we started recording too, there's other players that have gone through this in a regular season, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Chris Bryant uh, Mm -hmm. rings a bell too. I wonder what's going to happen, you know, with those guys down the road, you know, you know, Chris Bryant's in a, in a, in a organization where a lot of people like to play in the city of Chicago,
0: but in Toronto, I'm not so sure. How that's going to be. I think baseball is a little bit of a problem but maybe we can address that at a, at a later date. All right, doc, yeah. uh this was a, a wordy uh, episode of the Rising Champions podcast for you and I. Usually we don't, yeah. we don't have to do this much work, you know, it's an yeah, right. interview. So, we'll get back to our bread and butter in episode 11, but uh this was fun. Uh we appreciate you guys downloading, subscribing, sharing all of it and uh we hope you enjoyed episode 10 of the Rising Champions podcast. Be sure to uh Keep subscribing, please. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.